Thanks for being with us on The Marketplace. It is our deep dive during the NBL free agency period. A couple of days ago, we took a good look at some teams and who they've locked away already for NBL 24. We're about to do it again today. Jack Hammer alongside the Professor Pete Hooley. And Halls, I think it's been fascinating when we started this process to look at some teams who are just about full, like the Illawarra Hawks, who we'll talk about very soon, and others who have still got a lot of gaps to fill. Yeah, it's an interesting one because there's certain teams out there that have been really quiet in free agency, but then they just make a splash. And if you're a fan and you get worried that your team hasn't made any moves, don't worry because those conversations have been happening for months. And I know talk and reference Melbourne United once again did it last episode of they were very quiet, yep. but they had signings pretty much locked away, whether it was verbally or written, and then in a week just started to roll them all out. So those conversations are going once the big dominoes have fallen, which they mostly have every other team can start to pick up the pieces. I think that's a good thing for fans as well, to understand that teams aren't resting on their laurels, that even for those who don't make the playoffs, the conversation's already happening about next season. Well, it's weird because you look at other sports, I'm talking Formula One, I'm talking rugby, where you can actually sign a contract for another team mid-season. That can't happen in the NBA or in a basketball circle, but... You can have a chat with someone, and you shouldn't, but I'm no doubt that happens nearly every single year, every single season. So a lot of things are already well in the works before free agency begins, and then it's all about just getting the dotting your T's and getting their rolling. All right, let's start with the Sydney Kings. The defending champions have gone back-to-back. Their bench is locked away. It's been very, very interesting to watch the way that Chris Pongrass has built this roster going into NBL 24. The depth is already there. Now it's about just adding the cream. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what they did last season. They just kept that core. They retained a core that Chase Buford trusts. Sean Bruce, Coet Noy, Geordie Hunter, those guys that will do what they have to do every time and you trust them to go out there and play big minutes and crunch time minutes. It helped them win a championship last year because when the... uh, when there were injuries, Derek Wallen Jr. and Xavier Cooks, the bench guys, stepped in and had the trust. Galloway prime for a big season next year. Angus Glover, probably a bit unlucky not to win finals MVP. Changed yeah. MVP last season. He's prime for another breakout year. They've done it the right way once again. You've retained all that. You locked that away. It is different in NBL 24 because you don't have Xavier Cooks. Yeah. So, and that's a big loss, isn't it? I think what we're learning here in the NBL is that the four-man, if you've got an outstanding four-man, it means so much in this league, and they've just lost arguably the best four-man in the competition. Yeah, and it probably changes the way they go about filling the rest of the spots now. You, you had the import centres two years in a row, Jarrell Martin, Tim Suarez, Justin Simon, we know was there last year, uh, and um, Derek Walton Jr. You're probably looking now, maybe we look for that power forward spot. They wanted Keanu Pinder, they didn't get Keanu Pinder. Maybe they now change the roles of, okay, can we get someone in that elite power forward spot, that combo guard, and they've still got DJ Vasiljevic, another one who now is going to be their main guy. As it looks in terms of locals, he's going to be that, that marquee type player in what they want to look for. They were the best shooting team last year. They shot 48.6% from the field, better than anyone else in the league. And they were the best rebounding team, 41.7. A lot of that was Xavier Cooks yep. in terms of his shots at the rim, as well as crashing the glass. So there's some pieces to put around. They're again one of the best defensive teams in the league. They always seem to do that and do it quietly. And they had the year before that where everyone was talking they were the best offensive team. Ian Clark, Jarrell Martin, Jalen Adams, everyone was saying they were just too good offensively. But they were the best defensive team. They've done it again last year. Chase Buford knows how to get that done. And they've got pieces to work with. I don't think it's a bad spot at all to have the bench completely locked away that you trust and can get the job done. DJ Vasiljevic there in their starting lineup. And then it's really an open 
palette now. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go the import four? We found someone great, a Jarrell Brantley type player. Okay, now we can maybe get a local five. You could start Geordie Hunter. You can make the case to start Geordie Hunter. Yeah, I wondered that, Pete, with, with the depth names that we've just shown on the chart. If, for whatever reason, something fell through and you didn't quite land the type of player... Whether a Geordie Hunter could start or a Kawat Noy, Angus Glover, etc. Yeah, I think that you definitely start Geordie Hunter if you're trying to get that import power forward, import three, import point guard, and you use up all those pieces. There's no reason why now he's fully fit. We know he missed a lot of that chunk of the season a couple of years ago with injury. Now he's back. He's, he's more than capable of holding his own and having a really good season in the starting five spot. They're still obviously going to be having a look. They're a team you think is going to get very busy in yeah. the summer league. But as you said, and we've all said it previously, yesterday's price is not today's price. Joe Walton Jr., he was outstanding. Justin Simon comes into the league and dominates in what he does well. Two years in a row when he was here, he won the best defensive player of the year. Probably unlucky not to win it, let alone get in the finalists last season, NBL 23. So interesting things to happen and play out for Sydney. But if I've got one team I'm not worried about and getting it done... It's Sydney Kings and Chris Pongrass and co. Is that because they've got a proven record in landing their imports? They do. They've got that proven record. They've got that trust in that core group to come off the bench and play big minutes and significant minutes. And the thing that we always seem to forget, I don't know how, is they've got Andrew Bogut in their corner. <laughs> Andrew Bogut has those connections in the NBA. The guys that may be a fringe NBA players or have moved on and passed their prime in terms of what makes them attractive to NBA franchises, you have those conversations with them and you've got Bogut to pick up the phone and say, hey, we've got a chance. If you want to get back to the league as well, come here, we'll help you get there. If you're done there, we'll come here and tear it up and you might get MVP like Jalen Adams. You might win a championship like those two as well. As we did last episode, let's talk about the priority for every team or the number one priority. What is Sydney's biggest priority? It's weird. You normally say right now they've lost Xavier Cook. You need a power forward, which is probably true. But for me, it's that point guard spot. Yep. Because you've won a championship in back-to-back years with elite import point guards. If you can't get either of those two guys to come back, you need a very similar type position. And I know Homicide put out on his socials all these past NBA players and said they should be coming to the league. He mentioned Trey Burke. Now, that's the kind of player where... If he's running around and wants to get back to the NBA, I think he'd have a lot of success in the NBA. That type of point guard to slot alongside DJ Vasiljevic. We remember what he did with Casper Ware, DJ Vasiljevic as well, before doing his Achilles. If you get that sorted, everything else should take care of itself. It is so interesting to think there's no Xavier Cooks, but again, I'm not worried about the Sydney Kings. Let's travel along the freeway and have a look at the Illawarra Hawks, who finished last in NBL 23. You could argue they were the best, worst team almost mm. of all time in the NBL. They were so competitive in so many games. They're just about full. There's not many spots left for Jacob Jacomas to fill. Yeah, it's hard when you think about only one for three games. But they were one of the most unlucky teams last year. The injuries, the timing of it. Justin Robinson played half a game in the season. Yeah. To have him back is just a huge get to be able to see what he can do. He looked unbelievable in the blitz and in the preseason. Those who have followed his career, I'm excited to see him back on the floor. Him and Tyler Harvey, the two lefties in the backcourt, you've got that locked away. Tyler Harvey's outstanding the second half of the year. They lost five games by under five points last year. They lost a heartbreaker in Sydney. We know Tyler Harvey hit that game winner from uh, half court in New Zealand as well. Lowest scoring team in the league. Mm. I think that's why Jacob Jacobus has looked at. You get Todd Blanchfield back. Win Entertainment Centre is really prime for shooters. He's had a lot of success there. I think that's a great signing. AJ Johnson, really ex- exciting as well. I think one of those two is going to start in that three spot. And I okay. potentially think they could look for that import, maybe 3-4, who starts at the four. Mason Peatling can start at the four if you need. He did that on Melbourne United and did it really well. But if you put Sam Froling there or maybe an import five, you've got plenty of things to work with. 
Is rebounding going to be a focus for them? Their rebounding numbers weren't great last season, but Froling, Lachlan Olbrich coming back from, from college after one season, and Mason Peatling, who is a proven rebounder at Melbourne United. Yeah, I mean, the worst rebounding team in the league last year, and I think that's the piece they've got to look at. They had Sam Froling, who's elite. They had Deng Deng, who was great in his role, but in terms of an undersized big, that's where Deng Deng was. So what can they get? Rango Mathiang was another piece that they barely used last season. So they need some other um, big-time presence inside. And it's hard to think you've gone from a, a season with Duop Reith down there doing his thing to without that Sam Froling. Mason Peeling, great get. Yep. I think that's a perfect piece for them. But they've got a nice little luxury, I think, to potentially go to Summer League with and say, what can we look at? Do we want to look at maybe starting Sam Froling in the four and we look for an import five? We've got Mason Peeling who can play four or five position. AJ Johnson, Todd Blanchard can fight out that three spot. Who wants to start? And I think that's going to be a really exciting group. Where have you got Sam Froling playing his best basketball? Is he a five-man or is he a, a four-man in this league? Well, you look, look at him now. If you anyone who's following him playing in the offseason, he's shooting the three-ball yeah. a little bit more. He can do that. He had that game against Melbourne United where he just couldn't miss from outside. I think he's a good four. I think he's an exceptional four-man because he can rip, take it off uh, in the high post and get downhill. Uh, you can play him as the five, but I think that's where he's going to have his most success in his career as that four spot because he's very agile. He can move his feet. I, I'd be looking at potentially that kind of stretch five. Dave O'Hickey, Dan Greeter, AJ Johnson, Harry Morris is a development player, Lachlan Olbrich, potentially Peatling and or Blanchfield as well. Bench-wise and depth-wise, they're, they're looking pretty strong here. Didn't have that last year, no. did they? But again, it got tested last year more than any other team because of the key injuries they had. They've done a really good job. Again, we've seen where pieces are locked in. You've got Justin Robertson, you've got Tyler Harvey, you've got Sam Froling, and now you've got your next star in AJ Johnson. Now it's about building up that core group, which we've seen other teams do. They've done that off the pine, and all of a sudden, their things are looking a bit positive. So does this roster tell us a little bit about how the Hawks are going to play this Season? Oh, they're going to be exciting to watch, aren't yeah. they? Just based on what we've seen. Because Justin Robinson's going to get up and down. Tyler Harvey, Sam Froling is an agile four. You throw in AJ Johnson, and this team's going to be exciting to watch. And I'm not sure if they've taken a blueprint out of what the Taipans did <laughs> in terms of youth and just excitement and that kind of style of play. If that's what they want to buy into, that's what Jacob Jacomas looks like he wants to do. They're going to be a tough team. We're halfway through our look at the NBL 24 rosters for all teams. Join us next time on The Marketplace as we have another deep dive of the way that teams are structuring towards the next season. As always, you can stay up to date with free agency. Jump online, nbl.com.au, all of the NBL social media platforms as well. We'll keep you up to date with all of the latest news. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you soon on The Marketplace.